Hi, welcome to today's podcast. I am very excited to introduce to you uh, my dear friend, uh, Noah Berman. I'm Noah. <laughs> Noah, you are such a light. Noah is a psychic, psychic intuitive and founder of Higher Mind, um, and this company pr- produces products for brain health. That's right. Congratulations. Thank you so much, Andrea. (laughs) Welcome. Thank you. So today, I thought we would talk about the thin veil. Mm -hmm. So by that, you mean like the veil between the material and things that would be viewed as immaterial? Yes. Yeah, that's an interesting way to describe it. Yeah. I think there are many different metaphors and ways to frame... Um, the space in between what we can pick up with our hands and what we can't. But to me, all of it's malleable and all of it can be interacted with and engaged in similar manners depending on how we view it. Hmm. Um, So in my own experience, it would be more like whether or not you want to wear full UV protection sunglasses or not how much light you want to let in to see what's already there. Um, and it, it's, it's about giving yourself permission, allowing, I think that in a materialistic sense, we are very focused on doing and building and creating and creative energy when it comes to intuition is really about allowing and receiving in a sense of being Mm. and I think that worthiness and deserving I'm worthy of abundance of consciousness and awareness simply by being alive and feeling that and being present is what allows that awareness in right that's beautiful so tell me tell me in your in your experiences um being an intuitive and and this thin veil that exists or Mm -hmm. does not exist if you want to say it meshes into one in some way how Mm -hmm. is this affected and and has inspired you in the career that you've chosen or that has chosen you yeah I would say that the relationships in my life with stick are people who value and appreciate it ultimately Mm. and it doesn't mean that everyone around me who loves me or wants to work with me has the same experience but intuition really just comes from being sensitive which we all are, but allowing yourself to open up to that and feel safe in your sensitivity, Mm. right? When we're highly sensitive, we're sensitive to our feelings, our emotions, and we're sensitive to the fact that those aren't only the ones within ourselves and we can move past our ego and see that other people's emotions uh, are part of one energy, Mm. whether or not they're alive. It's all part of the same consciousness, really. And so for me, it you know, a lot of the professional relationships that I have are from people who've had readings with me or work with me or know that that's who I am and what I'm about Mm -hmm. and products related to getting your brain to work better really means that there's more clarity of mind so you can you can operate in a way where you're not in a contracted fear state and that opening allows for more awareness Mm, that's beautiful wow so that makes that kind of wraps it Mm -hmm. all into the clarity of it just a clarity of thought Mm -hmm. how is it that you um when you're when you are in your day-to-day 
and, and you're brainstorming and you're, you're thinking of ideas, how does your intuition come into play? I mean, how is it that you can use, you know, no, being so sensitive, how, how does that work for you in, 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 with work? In some ways, it's very passive in that it just shows up, right? Like I, you know, can have an experience where I'm walking down the street and someone at a cafe uh, says, Stephanie's calling, and then my phone rings and Stephanie's calling. And these types of things, right, it's noticing the signs. Mm -hmm. So I think there's an element of uh, seeing what's around you, seeing how your own physical reality can be a conversation with your experience and integrating that into what is flow and what is not. You know, if, if you're talking about something and all of a sudden there are loud sirens and commotion and discordance all around you, that might mean that there's some lack of alignment with the energy that you're talking about or bringing into the room. Mm. Um, and maybe if your phone dings right after you say a name that feels like it's right or you have an epiphany, that could mean it's really an epiphany or something really valuable. Uh, to pay attention to. It's almost like everything around you is an alien language trying to guide you or show you something. Mm. That's how I, I would describe it in, in terms of just paying attention to the signs and symbols because right. they are trying to have a conversation with you. Yes. Um, I believe that 100%. I yeah. mean, um, signs show up for me all the, all the time and signs have been such an, an important part of my spiritual journey and 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 growth um and and i i'm sure a lot of you out there are saying but how do i know the signs are real how do i know that this is a sign from the other side or someone or somewhere or you know the universe how how do you how did you come to know that what you you're you're seeing noah as a sign or is it just something that's a hunch or how did you get to know the difference i don't know that you can know for sure because I feel that in many ways you have to bypass the intellect because trying to understand or needing to understand is a very controlling energy. And the control is the fear, right? So surrendering in a way and that higher level of trust and understanding comes from just uh, being, being open and receptive. I feel like there's been a lot of progress in trying to explain this with quantum physics. And um, I feel like science will further evolve to help support how we understand this. There certainly has been a lot of psychic research that's been done, even with the U.S. government. You can go online and see Jimmy Carter talk about working with psychics and the CIA to find lost planes and all these types of things. And you can draw your own conclusions about the billions of dollars of investment that the U.S. government has made in the field um, that is sure uh, a correlation and not necessarily causation but mm. it's a felt experience for me that allow that is about trusting and moving beyond uh the rational linear way of thinking that in my opinion is not really serving us otherwise the world would be a little bit more beautiful mm. than it is now not that it's not already it's how you see it but maybe more cohesive Mm -hmm. And less about winning in a competitive way, but winning with us all together. Yes, right? right. Absolutely. As a collective. Yes. Yes. So, I mean, in your experience of being a spiritual, you know, in tune, sensitive person, um, how, I mean, listening to the signs and all of it, how have you been able to use that? 
I mean, you gave the example of running into someone and, and reading the signs, but is there one specific instance that you could say up to now in your life and career that has been a story that you said, wow, this is for sure a sign from the other side that I should be in going in this direction and this is what I need. Was there something that was just that kind of made it so clear to you? Sometimes it's really served me and sometimes it hasn't, right? So like the first startup that I was with, I was in a cab with the CFO and he goes, my mother had me when I was, and I just go 30. It just came out of mouth and he just looked at me like I was crazy. And I knew at that point, like, I really can't talk about this right now. It's not going to help me. <laughs> right, right. And my intuition was like, you know, it might not be something that other people understand fully in a way that's, that is actually going to move your career forward. And that's actually important mm. too, because the point of this is to guide you and help move you forward. And, and that doesn't necessarily mean uh, a psychic ambush or sharing information when other people are not receptive or need to hear yeah. it. Or, it, it, you know, sometimes you got to keep it to yourself in, in certain scenarios and use that discernment too. But um, it's a great point. The first time I met my co-founder, you, you know, she I said to her I really liked her energy, which I did, and that you know I that no one had ever actually said that to her before, mm-hmm. and she I think she felt that and we felt it, and there was just a connection. Or one of the clients I'm working with now started out that. Um, I did a reading for her. She loved it. We started working on essential oils. The first uh, startup I worked with in LA, I did a reading for the founder, and that's how I ended up running the operations of the company. And I think, it, for me, I have a very left brain and very right brain element, and I, I merge them together. But it's just, I think, it, for me, what has moved me forward business-wise is healthy relationships. And mm-hmm. that is about being in relationship with yourself that you can understand and connect with others and just being honest and vulnerable and who I am and that I'm doing something that is not fully culturally normal and moving through shame around it has actually brought the right people into my life who appreciate me and helped um, protect me from people who are not aligned with this. Right. Wow. That's beautiful. And not, not needing everyone to accept me because even if I were to conform more, it wouldn't be the case. Mm-hmm. You know, not not everyone is for me, and that's a good thing. You know, it doesn't mean that they're not part of me or this greater awareness, but they're just not a vantage point of it that is necessarily moving my life or my intention forward at this time. Mm, right. And that's okay, and that's still beautiful because it's just part of the experience. And I think moving through rejection is is an opportunity for more self-acceptance and that deeper deeper self-acceptance allows the the people that are ready to receive me to accept me Mm, right absolutely absolutely wow thank you so much for sharing that because i i did sense some vulnerability in in that share right now from you and it was very it, it is very heartfelt and i can see that that's something that that really did take you a minute to kind of you know, wow, this was a memory that yeah. kind of, it's a, it's a, you know, it's clear that it affected you. It's not easy, right? No. I did not grow up in a culture or a home where any of this type of stuff was considered normal or even talked about or real. And, mm-hmm. um, so it's, it, it, it was definitely foreign for me and it wasn't something that I really 
sought out or trained or studied or even read a lot of books about spirituality. I grew up in an agnostic kind of environment where my mom was ex-Catholic Buddhist and my dad was kind of grew up Jewish, non-practicing, and there was a lot of pain on both sides of my family around religion because on both sides they were not accepted by their families for having um, an interfaith marriage, ultimately. Mm. So we were just taught to be open and, and question and find answers for ourselves, which in a way I think is highly spiritual because no, there was none of that controlling element, right? But there is also no conversation around um, any of this stuff. It just wasn't talked about for me. So I, I just didn't think about it or, or have a, a spiritual language for it, which I also think is okay. I actually think that not espousing a spiritual belief is, is fine, that you can still be intuitive and understand others and be a sensitive, loving person and, and not necessarily believe in anything else. Yes. You know, that, just, that could just be biologically how we're hardwired, right? I mean, Facebook announced, I think it was April of last year, that they hired a team of about 60 scientists to convert people's thoughts into text, right? And, and Google has said, even I think it's been five years now, that they have technology that can fairly accurately extract your home address and bank pin through vibration of thought. Their products you can buy at Best Buy now, you think of a color, it shows up on your screen. So as far as I'm concerned, if our thoughts are electrical and can interact with technology, there there's a biologic basis to this that um, we probably can send and receive thoughts and understand each other in different ways. Even if you don't have a spiritual belief system around it, it's fine. You know, this is just what is, yes. whether you like it or not. I just think it's scary for people because it feels really vulnerable yeah. that um, there's no hiding that others can can know about us or feel us regardless of how we present. There's so much emphasis in this culture on image and we spend so much time looking a certain way and presenting a certain way, wanting to be perceived in a certain way. And if we're to hear, okay, well, we do all that, but you know, deep down inside, regardless of the show we're putting on, people really know what you're about, mm. then all the time and energy we've spent is not working. Yes, absolutely. And that's also scary. Yeah. When you just don't fit, it doesn't fit. You know, immediately when someone's presenting differently than how they are, I think that most of us in some level, even if we have all the credentials, we're good at what we do, have some level of, of imposter syndrome yes. or why me of everyone on the planet that I have this opportunity or that thing that someone else doesn't, or even if you're not there, feeling that you're not worthy or deserving, it, it, it doesn't matter. At the end of the day, we're all doing our best. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but, you know, you, you touched on something that, that you know, sp spoke to me and about, you know, how did you, I mean, because well, I think we all sort of felt a little strange when we were growing up, right? Yeah. We didn't kind of fit in. Like, we were kind of a bit oddballish. I mean, I definitely didn't. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> tell me a bit about that. I mean, for, for, those of, for those of our listeners who can really relate to having some sort of gift or feeling that they were 
you know, a bit out of place growing up or even now and how, how you kind of integrate that and how did you? I mean, I think that I, I think my parents were much more supportive in my community that I would just say things or experience things and they wouldn't judge it. You know, like I'd ask my parents why people that don't like children smell differently to me because I would, it would actually be a different energy experience or I started out like, you know, accurately sensing passwords on computers and the library and elementary school and these types of things. Wow. And I didn't think anything of it. I just thought, you know, I'm quick-witted. I figured things out. That's great. And um, it didn't really turn back on until more like the end of my high school career. But uh, they never judged or thought it was bad at all. It, I think not fitting in, you know, I was a very overweight kid most of my life. I lost 100 pounds over 10 years ago, but that emotion was very deep and made me feel separated or not connected to my peers and a lot of kids just really weren't nice to me you know yeah in early childhood and onward I just didn't feel integrated or felt like what other people were doing or talked about made any sense or was interesting to me to be honest right it just felt like a weird paradigm of why am I learning about American history every year where women are eviscerated and there are over 180 countries on the planet. Like, it just seemed strange. And I was confused why other people weren't asking the same questions. And it just felt like everyone wanted to be the same, look the same, have the same things, and this deep longing you need to fit in. And it's not that I didn't have that, but I didn't want to have that in compromising my own truth, Mm. ultimately. And... I think because I was different and I was vulnerable and looked different or talked different, I was a target for a certain level of bullying where I didn't really want to fit in with those people. Yes. It allowed me to go in my own path and I'm very engaged and accept that I, I had a certain path or a certain journey that was just different than other people's. Right. And, and you became very resilient, I mean, from that. I mean, I, I, I can relate. I was bullied as well as, as, a, as, a, as a little girl. And I think it does create re- resiliency in that, you know, you sort of figure out how to, you know, how to go and play on your own on a Saturday afternoon or do your own thing or, I mean... Yeah, I, I think that's definitely true. And, and I also think that if it feels painful to be in this world, you question, like, is there anything else? And then the awareness of other realms or perceptions or types of consciousness um, is easier to integrate with or ascribe to. Because if, um, you know, the things around you are not serving you and the people around you are not serving you, that's when I started just feeling more, no, having this higher sense of knowing mm. that, that served me in a different way. Right. And what I really found was to give is to receive that in many ways I had this sense of lack or I wasn't met with love by my community. But as I got out into the world and left 
that community, showing up for others, regardless of what my own needs were, diminished my own sense of my own pain because it reconfigured my reality, stepping into other people's and made those problems feel smaller in perspective. Mm. And I feel like how love come back comes back to you interferes with space and time. The true love is giving without expecting anything in return, but knowing that it does come back, not necessarily through the same person or at the same time you do it. Right. But if you keep showing up with your heart in at some point, everything around you will transform. Yes. I mean, it's throwing love at it. It's throwing love at everything, even though it's come, love is not coming towards you. It's, taking that whatever that negativity is and try and doing your best to turn that into a positive and then throwing love at it. I mean, that's how I see it. Doing your best is like the most important part because I would never be one to claim that I'm there all the time or I don't have moments where I'm reactive and well, you're not a saint. It's how quickly you forgive yourself. Ultimately is how quickly you can forgive your reality and other people because every day is a new day and you can choose to be reborn in the present and heal the history because it's not the truth anymore. Yeah. That's not what's happening. It happened before. You have opportunity today or in this moment to live a life filled with love regardless of what you feel like you don't have or what has happened to you. Interesting. They say that intuition will be the greatest currency um, in the next, the next phase, the next coming 10 or 20, 30 years. Do you agree with that? I, in a way, I do. I mean, I, I feel like most of the jobs that we have probably won't be necessary in 10 or 20 years. That a lot of the things that we're doing, technology can just do better. I read a statistic recently that for every new tech job in San Francisco is eliminating 50 other jobs that could be done because of how efficient technology is at doing things which is really why i feel like we need to stop doing so many things Mm. you know there's already so much content there's so much stuff there you know it's not that we can't be creative and invent new things important important to but what we really really need is just to feel ourselves be present with each other to love each other and if you know we're past we're in a post-industrialization age already where we've built the homes, we have the stuff, we have so much infrastructure and medical technology, electronics, all these things, transportation, it's all advancing so much, there's eventually not gonna be that much to do anymore. Mm. It's really gonna be about being and allowing and, and connecting. And if you're not able to connect and be present and to have a felt experience, you know, that's what we're, we're going to need the most of because there's the, the downside of technology advancement is that there's higher rates of depression and loneliness than ever before. Suicide is now number 10 leading cause of death in the United States. First time in history it's ever been top 10 with 50,000 deaths a year. But depression related or emotionally related things, three times that because mm. if you add in liver cirrhosis or opioid crisis, goes up to over 150,000 deaths a year. And that's, that you know, and, and depression is one of the leading causes of economic loss in the world because of six days and people not being able to work. And a lot of this comes from a sense of loneliness and isolation and not having community. If you look at how humans evolved, 
about five hundred years ago, most of us were really just in communal settings. There wasn't as much of a sense of the nuclear family. I'm sure even where you grew up, mm-hmm. you had neighbors next to you on the street. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. A lot of people don't have that. I didn't have that in the community. Grew up, I didn't know my neighbors. I knew mm-hmm. a lot of people in town, but we were just a house on a hill, and we didn't connect. But I'm sure with you on the block in Queens, <laughs> we were playing with friends, and it, that was more. It was very. And yes. it was just more normal than it even was. With, the next generation, the next generation, there's just more, uh, we don't, the thing is when things are automated and we have resources, there's less of a need for others. You don't have to rely on them as much in a material sense. It's more emotional and you have to be more vulnerable to talk about that. And that's scary. Mm. And that's why we feel less connected overall. And I think one of the most valuable things are commodities is helping bring people back home to themselves, helping build communities, helping feel people feel connected. That's more valuable in supporting others and stewarding forward conscious leadership yes. than, than things that are linear because those things can very easily be automated or replaced by computers. So how could, if anyone, you know, right now listening to this is saying, how do I, how do I go out and get connected? What do I do? What do they do, Noah? No one can give you that answer better than Mm. you. Okay. I think, I hear a lot from people, what is my purpose? And I don't, I think that question for me is like, well, okay, there's an internal uniqueness there that maybe could be healed enough. I feel we all have the same purpose, which is to give and receive love and to deepen that awareness. And there are different permutations of that. You know, for for one person, giving and receiving love could be taking a, you know, trip to Africa for a couple of years and helping with some kind of crisis or disease. And another person decides to be a therapist. Another person is running a nonprofit. Another person's in a corporation and they're the voice that is talking about how to do do things in a more sustainable way or with some kind of give back component and all those things are great it doesn't really matter as long as you feel like you're making a difference that you're doing what's right for you with the gifts that you have which we all have and they're all different and they're all great Mm. but it has to be i really think to feel alive you have to feel connected to some level of altruism. Yes, I agree. And, I, and I'm with you about everyone asks what their purpose is all the time and their passion. And I think this whole idea of passion, passion, passion has really been somewhat destructive for people because they feel like, wait, I don't get out of bed and jump out of bed and say, oh, I've got to run to my job at this place. And, but that's not my passion then. What's my passion? You know, it, 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 it's an overwhelming sense of needing to find this with so many people. And I think that it's become a bit destructive because it may not be that feeling with your job. You're, what you're saying is so true. It's just an innate sense of wanting to help people and feel love and give love. It's not going to be this, oh my God, I woke up and I want to be a doctor and I need to be a doctor because that's what I'm passionate about. I mean, how many... Do you see, I feel like it's doing a disservice. This whole idea of what's your passion? What's your drive? You could have many interests. It's like, what are you interested in? I think is more of the, of the, of the words we should be. What are we, what are your interests? What's your highest, 
yes. inspiration. Absolutely. You know, what interests you? How, you know, and uh, the, they're saying on average now people have three different career paths in a lifetime. Yeah. And, it, that, and businesses are not as committed to people. More consultancy, people changing jobs more quickly. And we're constantly having to reinvent ourselves to stay relevant. Yes. And so if you're coming from a heart-based place of wanting to make a difference in the world, it doesn't really matter. And getting too attached to what channel provides prosperity or how you do it is limiting. Mm. It's whatever you want. That's how you expand and different opportunities show up and materialize. Is that it doesn't matter which thing, but as long as your instrument for transformation, love, compassion, and change, that your hands will be filled with something to do that's meaningful will provide for you. Beautiful. I love that sentiment. I love that idea. I really do. It's true. I'm, I'm, um, I am, uh, I'm filled with joy hearing <laughs> that, I have to tell you. I, can you tell everyone what your website is for Higher Mind? HigherMindWellness.com. Right now we're just in New York. We're in 45 stores right now. We have a larger launch in January where we'll be in a lot more stores. Still in the New York area. We'll be in California in about six months. You can order online anywhere. My personal website is noahberman.co. Great. And and people, whoever wants a reading, can reach out to you via your website. And yeah. They'll you get can a... slide into my direct messages on Instagram. Oh, okay. What's your handle? Noah Berman. Great. And our Instagram handle for Higher Mind is Higher Mind Life. Perfect. Wonderful. Thank you so much for this inspiring half an hour. Thanks so much for spending time with me. Thank you. Yeah. I absolutely love and adore you. I love you so much. Okay. Have a great day, everyone. Ciao.